Coming up on today's episode of BBP News, the U.S. is set to hit the debt limit by January 19th, and classified documents have been found at the personal home of President Biden. December inflation report is out, and it shows signs of an improvement, and there are new proposals surrounding the federal student loan debt. Welcome back, everyone, on this Monday morning, January 16th, and we are here with another, obviously, morning episode. Chris, start us off like we normally would in the normal fashion by giving us the weather headed into this week. In Los Angeles, California, it is raining 59 degrees. In Houston, Texas, there are scattered showers with a high of 75 degrees. In Chicago, Illinois, it is raining 46 degrees, and in New York City, Finally, some sun at a high of 47 <laughs> degrees. Everybody is raining today, and yeah. it, that's not great for a Monday morning. I'm just going to put it out there and say that. I, it's really not, and, you know, it's been pretty gross around here. That's just kind of like the nice way of putting it uh, where we're at, Chris, but to have a little bit of sun shining, you know, it's not completely freezing, so I'm happy. I mean, I'm looking out my window right now, and it's sunny. The snow's just about melted that we got over earlier in the weekend. Um, It was a Saturday snowstorm. Sunday, it was all gone. Now whatever's left is melting this morning. Right. Right. But, you know, we could go more into weather or how happy I am to be back to doing these uh, new shows again after a couple different hiatuses here. But we have a lot to talk about a lot to talk about we do and i've been informed i'm not a meteorologist so i should just leave Ah. the weather to the (laughs) meteorologist but uh t-minus three days that's when the treasury secretary says the united states would reach the federal debt limit the debt limit is the amount of money the federal government is allowed to borrow to pay its own bills and it's really important for you to understand raising or suspending the debt ceiling does not authorize any new spending raising or suspending the debt ceiling only pays the bills congress has racked up over the years secretary janet yellen wrote a letter to congress on friday warning lawmakers that starting on january 19th she will have to start using what are called quote extraordinary measures basically accounting tricks to keep the u.s government from defaulting on its debts She says she can keep those gimmicks up and keep the government afloat with the cash on hand until about June. But after that, if Congress does nothing, the United States would default on its debt for the first time in history. The bottom line is Congress has to do something. They need to either raise or suspend the debt ceiling in order to stop a catastrophic debt default. This is going to be a major fight on Capitol Hill over the next days. Turns out former President Trump wasn't the only one with classified documents found in a private office. The Justice Department is now investigating the discovery of classified documents in President Biden's private office that he was using after he left his role as the vice president. The Department of Justice is now conducting a damage assessment after a referral from the National Archives. I know the first thing we all want to do is compare these Biden classified documents in comparison to the Trump classified documents. So let's go through 
four categories of comparison of what we know so far, starting off with the location. The Biden documents were found in a locked closet at the Penn Biden Center for Diplomacy and Global Engagement. That's a think tank for University of Pennsylvania uh, to study global policy to strengthen the United States standing on the world stage. President Biden hasn't used that office since 2019, according to the White House. Then three more documents were found at President Biden's home in the garage in Delaware, and roughly another five documents were found in his library at the same home. The former President Trump's documents were found unsecured at his Mar-a-Lago home in boxes mixed with other memorabilia and in desk drawers, again unsecured. Next, we look at the numbers. The White House says that there were fewer than a dozen of these Biden documents found in his office at the Penn Biden Center. As for the Trump documents, we know based on the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago that thousands of White House documents were found at the former president's beach resort. Of the 184 classified documents, there were 66 documents marked confidential, 92 documents marked secret, and 25 marked as top secret documents, some including nuclear information. Next, we look at the National Archives. The White House says that these Biden documents were discovered by Biden's lawyers who were closing out that Penn Biden Center office in early November. Those lawyers immediately contacted the National Archives to turn the documents over and figure out how they got there. The National Archives was not looking for or requesting these documents. As for the Trump documents, we know the National Archives had been asking the former president to return those documents for more than a year. And you know the story about how the Trump team said that they had turned all of them over, but then the FBI found thousands of documents after a search warrant was issued. Now we look to the president versus vice president positions. Former President Trump publicly said that he declassified all of those documents at Mar-a-Lago as his justification for keeping those documents away from the archives and unsecured. Now, presidents do have the power to declassify anything they want, though it's important to note that none of Trump's legal team has ever claimed he declassified the documents in any legal filing made to any court. When it comes to Biden, as a vice president, he doesn't have the authority to declassify anything. So why are there classified documents outside of the National Archives possession and instead found in his office closet? Lastly, let's talk about what we don't know when it comes to the Biden classified documents. We're going to be honest with you here. There's a lot that we don't know at this time. But for sure, we don't know what level the classification these documents were, whether they're confidential, secret, or top secret documents. We don't know what information these documents contain, and we don't know how they got to the Penn Biden Center or who packed those boxes. The Attorney General Merrick Garland has assigned a U.S. attorney to look at this case. For the sixth straight month, inflation went down in the month of December. But what in the hell is going on with the price of eggs? You are probably wondering. Well, last week's consumer price index found overall the cost of all things we buy, sell, and consume was 6.5% higher than it was in December of 2021. So yeah, that's high, but it's down from December when the number was 7.1%, and certainly down from June when the number was 9.1%. But there is one big exception, eggs. They are up almost 60% 
um, from December of 2021. Why? There's a couple of things going on, but the biggest issue right now is the outbreak of the avian flu. That all started back in February, according to the Agriculture Department, which, according to them, has wiped out more than 43 million egg-laying hens. The egg industry is also struggling with unresolved supply chain issues from the pandemic. But egg prices aren't the only prices that are up according to the new consumer price index. Food from the grocery store in December overall is up more than 10%, 10.4% to be exact, from December of 2021. Shelter is also up 7% between December 2021 and 2022. So what brought the numbers down? Gasoline prices fell significantly in December, minus 9.4% between November and December, as did the price for used cars and trucks and airfares. These inflation numbers are coming down because of the Federal Reserve's aggressive interest rate hikes, and keep in mind that more of these interest rate hikes are coming. The Fed will meet later this month to raise them once again. Even if the president's student loan forgiveness program is struck down by the Supreme Court after they hear the case in February, the Biden administration is working on another plan that you should probably know about. The Education Department released a proposal regulation last week that, if approved, would cut undergrad monthly payments for federal student loans in half for some and even allow some people to pay as much as $0 a month. The plan involves the, quote, revised pay-as-you-earn income-driven repayment program, which millions of borrowers already use. Now, there's a lot of changes the Department of Education is proposing here. Yeah, so we're going to highlight three main things that we think will impact most federal student loan borrowers. The first is if approved, the Department of Education would alter the terms of the revised pay-as-you-earn plan to allow any individual borrower to pay $0.00 a month if they make less than about $30,600 a year or any borrower in a family of four who makes less than about $62,400 a year. The second point here is that the proposed regulations would also cut monthly payments in half for undergraduate loan borrowers who do not otherwise qualify for that $0 payment plan. And lastly, The proposed regulation would ensure that borrowers stop seeing their balances grow due to accumulation of unpaid interest after making monthly payments. As we said, this is a proposed rule, so it's not happening yet. There is a whole process that has to happen first. And first, it was published in the Federal Register last week. The public will have the opportunity to comment on it and suggest changes, and that is a 30-day period. And then if there are no major changes, the Department of Education hopes this rule will be finalized later this year so that they can also implement it this year. As expected, the Supreme Court has decided not to hear the Brucen versus Adams case. The order list was released last week, and Brucen's case was right there in the denied section. So what does this mean? Well, in essence, it means that Brunson's case is dead. The Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals ruling will stand, and that ruling agreed with a lower court that threw out Brunson's case for lack of jurisdiction. The three appeals judges who heard that case, not that it matters, but they were all appointed by Republican presidents, President Ronald Reagan, George W. Bush, and Donald Trump. 
Well, they did it. The House passed a bill to repeal the $80 billion funding for the IRS. They did it in a 221 to 210 vote straight along party lines, all Republicans voting yes and all Democrats voting no. The bill would pull back in large chunk of the $80 billion over the next 10 years that was allocated to the IRS through the Inflation Reduction Act. There are some important facts you need to know about this move. Perhaps the most important, the IRS is still going to be getting that $80 billion over the next 10 years because even though this bill has passed the House, there is no way it will pass the Senate and the president would veto it. Right. And secondly, you've probably heard people talking about that money being used to hire 87,000 IRS agents to come after you. Well, as we told you back in August, that's super misleading. The long and short of it is that, yes, 87,000 employees could be hired. However, not everyone who works at the IRS is an agent. Plus, the money would go to modernizing the agency so your refunds would be processed faster and someone would be more likely to answer your call when you do need assistance. Plus, lots of employees are ready to retire, so replacements are needed anyway. And sure, the IRS will hire agents, but the Treasury Secretary and IRS Commissioner say all agents are focused on ensuring corporations and the wealthy pay what they owe. And lastly, the Congressional Budget Office released a report saying if this legislation was to become law, it would translate to a $114 billion increase in the federal deficit over the next decade. The special grand jury in Atlanta, Georgia, that has been investigating whether then-President Donald Trump and his allies committed any crimes while trying to overturn his 2020 election loss in Georgia has finished its work, bringing the case closer to a possible criminal charges against former President Trump and others. Fulton County Superior Court Judge Robert McBurney, who was overseeing the panel, issued a two-page order last week dissolving the special grand jury, saying it had completed its work and submitted a final report. The lengthy investigation has been one of several around the country that threatened legal peril for former President Trump as he mounts a third bid for the White House. So what's next? The report went to the Fulton County District Attorney, Fonnie Willis. If she chooses to seek indictments based on the special grand jury's recommendations, she must first get an indictment from a separate regular grand jury. The DA spokesperson said the office has no comment on the completion of the panel's work. Judge McBurney will decide whether to release the special grand jury's report to the public during a hearing in a few weeks. Getting into rapid news, police in Missouri sought community volunteers last week to participate in a hands-on field sobriety training program, which essentially offered free alcohol to members of the public on local sheriff's office dime. And In-N-Out Burger is continuing to move east, announcing that it plans to open restaurants in Tennessee by 2026. Nick, what do you got for this Monday morning good news? All right. So for my good news story today, we have a man in Scotland who basically was just rewarded for all of his hard work. So this man has been working to help the disabled get uh, all the help they need, all the services they need across several different sectors, including at work or at their homes or basically just helping them, you know, get the things they need to survive for years, for decades. He's been uh, doing this work and because of a wonderful raffle, he ended up with a 2.5 million British pound home. 
in Scotland. And it, it, it just took him absolutely by surprise. You know, he had done all this work for so long. He had never won anything. And it was through a raffle that you know, does a lot of this kind of work. They help raise money for different charities. And in return, the winner has a chance to win all kinds of really, really cool things. Actually, they've done giveaways like a Jimi Hendrix guitar. They've done a lunch with George Clooney. uh, And this time it was the home. And so he was surprised at his own home, uh, at the home he was living at before uh, by the people that run the raffle and them telling him that he won this home and he has the option to do whatever he wants with it. He can sell it. He can live in it. He can rent it. It's all his choice. And basically he said that, you know, he finally has the opportunity to uh, get a dog and, and take care of a dog, which is something he hasn't had the chance of doing up until now. And, you know, it, it's just such an amazing amazing story and he said that it freed him a lot because he was able to leave the position he was in doing that work and instead do it from a freelance position which he says leaves a lot of the pressure so he can help these people get their services that they need get the help they need all through freelance that's a really cool story and he he gets a new house and then he's going to continue to give back which is even more amazing it's so heartwarming because you know he did all this work for I think 20 some odd years and to finally be rewarded in such a big way. And then, like you said, to continue to give back, to continue that work from a position that is much easier, relieves a lot of the pressure for both him. And I'm, I'm sure the clients as well. Right. Yeah. And it's truly a wonderful story. I congratulate him for winning that raffle. It's just incredible. So, Nick, this week there are two more State of the States address scheduled so far. Yesterday, Illinois had their State of the State, and tomorrow on Tuesday, Rhode Island will have their State of the State address. We are writing articles of the State of the States highlighting all the important aspects that the governors want to do in the upcoming year. So far, we have written articles for Idaho, New York, South Dakota, Kentucky, and Connecticut. And we will be having more come out this week, including Illinois and Rhode Island's. But that is the end of this Monday morning news episode. We will be back here. No, we won't be, but Nick will be back here I'll tomorrow back. morning with an Eye on the Ball episode Wednesday and Idiots in the News. And then, of course, Friday, a news episode. All right, guys. We'll see you tomorrow morning again with Eye on the Ball. <laughs>